0: Chapter 7, Concurrent Design, Instructional and Motivational Strategy Planning Abstract: Once the objectives are clustered, the next set of essential design tasks in the concurrent design stage is to determine the instructional and motivational strategies for online instruction. Formative evaluation continues as the instructional strategies take form. To provide a sense of continuity, the designer uses a conceptual framework for describing these instructional and motivational strategies. The WBID model uses the WBI Strategy Worksheet as the means to frame and document such strategies. While creating these strategies, the designer must bear in mind other factors that impact online delivery, class size, navigation, and learner control, feedback, and interactivity. The designer also determines the types of media to incorporate into the online instruction, if it has not already been predetermined. This chapter begins with an overview of the main features in an LMS that influence the types of instructional and motivational strategies selected. A discussion of the conceptual framework that guides the design plan follows. We next describe the WBI Strategy Worksheet, which outlines the framework and provide examples of how to use it. We then present two different motivational models and describe basic motivational strategies. In the last section of this chapter, several factors that affect the design are explored. Development tasks, the last part of the concurrent design stage, are the subject of Chapter 8. Objectives At the end of this chapter, you should be able to do the following. Identify the main features contained in an LMS. Identify the conceptual framework for the instructional and motivational strategies. Explain the purpose of the WBI Strategy Worksheet. State the purpose of providing an overview of the strategies for the entire project. Identify the four main components of instructional strategies. Plan appropriate instructional strategies for each set of clustered objectives using the WBI Strategy Worksheet as a framework. Plan appropriate motivational strategies for each set of clustered objectives using the WBI Strategy Worksheet. Describe how factors such as class size, navigation, learner control, and feedback influence instructional and motivational strategies. Determine the appropriate media for an online instructional project. Introduction Selecting instructional and motivational strategies is a part of an evolving and concurrent design plan 7.1). A major factor in designers' choice of strategies involves the use of an LMS for the development and delivery of online instruction. In 2017, over 1,000 LMS solutions at the global e-learning market exist. The market for LMSs is expected to grow to $15.72 by 2021. The integration of LMSs into an organization's strategic mission has expanded access to online learning and WBI. LMSs have transformed the way online instruction is developed and implemented. We have moved from using an HTML-based set of web pages stored on organization servers to an integrated web editor combined with applications and features that enable and facilitate record-keeping, planning, communication, collaboration, instruction, and assessment. For the purposes of this section, we focus on organizational uses of the LMS. However, there are solutions for the loan instructor as developer who launches small-scale online instruction. For the loan developer, multiple LMS solutions are available, including the Google Classroom, course sites by Blackboard, Latitude Learning, and Canvas, among others. These LMSs are available for large system solutions for institutional or organizational online program and course development Organizations can use open source LMSs, such as computer code and systems freely available for use and modification, such as Moodle, Atutor, Forma LMS, and Dokios. Cloud-based systems allow users to access the LMS not on local servers, but on hosted external servers, such as Talent LMS, Decibo SAAS LMS, Litmos LMS, WizIQ LMS, and Administrate. Blackboard, Canvas, and desire to learn and Sakai are common LMSs used in higher education. Regardless of the type of LMS, the available features and capabilities enable the instructional designer or design team to create and deploy online instruction. Taking advantage of the LMS features and functions through instructional and motivational strategies is critical to the success of resulting instruction. Recall our overview discussion in Chapter 1. Common features, however, include discussion forums enable asynchronous discussions and also serve as a repository for submitting assignments for grading, depending on the LMS. Most LMSs are able to track levels of discussion among individuals, display threads in several locations, and archive them for later retrieval and review. Some permit connections to learner activities and other instructional features. Chat rooms and video conferencing are features for synchronous interactions and discussions. LMSs may contain virtual whiteboards to show examples, ways to monitor and discuss with specific individuals, archival capabilities, and so on, Grouping capabilities allow the instructor to divide learners into small groups. Small groups may be able to discuss, chat, and share attachments among the members, but not with the entire class. The instructor normally is able to monitor group activities. Announcement and email capabilities permit broadcast and targeted internal communication among and between participants, such as instructor-to-learners, learner-to-learner, learner-to-small-group, and learner-to-instructor, within the course website. Lecture capabilities allow direct instruction presented via text, audio, images, and or video. Inclusion of support and resource materials such as presentation or database documents can be included. Document sharing permits readings, papers, videos, and so on to be shared by the instructor and the learners. Generally, both instructor and learners may upload and download documents. However, with some, LMS permissions may need to be set for the participants. Library or Media Galleries enables a central repository for links to external websites or other video, audio, or image content. Assignment submission facilitates document management and assessment of those documents through features such as a Dropbox, for example. Interaction between individual students and the instructor permits communication, including feedback, about the assignment to be organized for easy access. Individuals might submit assignments within a message box or attach documents. Assessment capabilities permit exams and quizzes to be designed and developed to include a scoring system based on correct answers or rubric. Quizzes and exams can be given dates and times for access and can be automatically scored or graded by the instructor. The gradebook and data analytics allow the instructor to first assign, record, and distribute grades to each learner. In addition, activities such as recording of time logged into the course as well as spent in each activity can be documented. During the development of assessment, an algorithm is created to calculate points or percentages for a final grade. Other LMS features may include management of participant registration and technical support, as mentioned in Chapter 1. Because features and how they are set up and used differ, designers need to evaluate the LMS for its capabilities and explore how they may facilitate designing the instructional strategies. Furthermore, LMSs continue to advance with each new upgrade or version. Conceptual Framework of the WBID Model Up to this point, the emphasis has been on the what of the instruction, such as instructional content, learning task items, objectives, or assessments. Now the designer attends to the instructional strategies, the how of the instruction. Designers use instructional and motivational strategies to describe and explain how the instruction will be developed and delivered and contextualize the online environment and community. Effective instructional and motivational strategies promote retention and success as learners move through the course. The conceptual framework sets the stage of the success of the learner the kinds of strategies to incorporate into the wbi depend on the goals objectives and intent of the instruction goals that are aligned to upper levels of learning taxonomies such as bloom's create level they require complex problem solving techniques inherent in a constructivist learning environment for this example learners might be presented with case studies or ill-structured problems to solve An added strategy might be to incorporate collaboration where experts and peers work with learners to enhance social learning aspects, following Vygotsky's theories. These strategies can be used to engage learners in a Community of Inquiry framework developed by Garrison, Anderson, and Archer. Nagel and Katza characterized as a way to measure good online teaching, examining the constructs of social presence, teaching presence, and cognitive presence. The conceptual framework used in the WBID model is based on several theories and models. One aspect of the conceptual framework relates to Gagne's Conditions of Learning Theory as well as his nine events of instruction. Furthermore, our strategies are based on other conventional ID models such as Dick, Carey, and Carey, and Smith and Reagan. Instructional strategies are defined by Ritchie, Klein, and Tracy as a sequence of planned activities designed to lead to achieving a given learning goal. Larson and Locke explain that instructional strategies are at the very heart of instructional design and are designed to promote learning. Instructional strategies help designers frame the instruction into a cohesive structure. Instructional strategies determine the structure of the learning community and describe the different techniques and activities used to teach and guide the learner. Many of the strategies used in educational or training situations, such as lecture, discussion, question and answer, and reading assignments, are also valid strategies in online instruction. To take advantage of the web's technical requirements requires designers to be innovative in using such strategies. However, being innovative often is dependent on the designer's and instructor's approach toward learning, i.e., behavioral, cognitive, constructivist, or multi theoretical, and the purposes of the online instruction, i.e., the instructional goal, and to some degree on their abilities and imagination. Theories on motivation also serve as a basis for the WBID conceptual framework. Clayton, Bloomberg, and Ald connect motivation to learner success in the educational environment. According to Pintrich and Schunk, motivation is a process whereby goal directed activity is instigated and sustained. Dezine and Brown identify multiple factors that influence learner motivation, including self regulation, locus of control and self efficacy, task value, goal orientation, and engagement. These factors, among others, provide a theoretical perspective to the design of instruction. Motivational strategies are the methods related to those functions and are for encouraging learner participation and engagement, perseverance, and satisfaction with the learning and learning environment. Keller outlines motivational strategies for enhancing learning and performance through his ARCS model that focuses on attention, relevance, confidence, and satisfaction. In their motivational framework, Ginsberg and Wolowski challenge designers to examine what they refer to as motivational conditions of inclusion, attitude, meaning, and competence. When implementing the WBID model, the planning of instructional and motivational strategies is an integrated process. Designers identify instructional strategies first, and in doing so, motivational strategies are combined with them. For clarity, our discussion of these two types of strategies will follow the same order. We begin with a description of the WBI Strategy Worksheet. WBI Strategy Worksheet the WBID model provides another template, the WBI strategy worksheet, for describing the instructional and motivational strategies. This worksheet also becomes part of the design document. The worksheet is used to provide an overview of the instructional and motivational strategies for the project and then may be used to further detail the design plans for each set of clustered objectives or unit of instruction, lesson, unit, module, etc. For simplicity, these clustered objectives will be characterized as a unit of instruction for the purposes of this discussion. First, the WBI Strategy Worksheet allows the designer to provide the client or instructor and the other design team members with an overview or outline of how the instructional strategy components are created and organized, what LMS features will be employed, and when they will be used. Likewise, it provides an overview of the motivational strategies and explains how the instruction will direct learner motivation. Providing this overview early allows the client or instructor and design team to develop a conceptual understanding of the online instructional project. Additionally, this approach helps to elicit any necessary changes in the design and ultimately project design approval as needed. Second, the WBI Strategy Worksheet is used to describe the detailed design plans for each set of clustered objectives, or unit of instruction. Once the overview is provided and approved, the design team uses the conceptual framework as stated in the worksheet to select and explain the strategies involved for each set of objectives. The WBI Strategy Worksheet is not a rigid and flexible document, nor is the conceptual framework on which it is based. It may be adapted to include or exclude components and subcomponents according to the designer's theoretical approach to learning. The four components of the WBI Strategy Worksheet are Orientation, Instruction, Measurement, and Summary and Close. Additionally, we have incorporated Gagne's nine events of instruction as subcomponents within these four components, Table 7.1. In the orientation component, learners are provided information, such as directions, that they need to be successful in the learning environment. Expectations are established, goals set, and course requirements identified. For instruction, the actual content is presented via text, video, images, etc. In instruction, meaning is created for the learner. Measurement involves the assessment of learner performance for progress evaluation. Finally, for summary and close, a synopsis of the experience is shared and any suggestions for remediation are made. We have modified the events of instruction to include some of Smith and Reagan's instructional strategies, such as closing a lesson and remediation, that were not explicitly included in Gagne's events. We have also used different terminology Table 7.2. The first two components and their subcomponents, orientation and instruction, are detailed for each unit of instruction. The component, measurement, is included only when assessment occurs in or at the end of a unit. Otherwise, it is described in the overview of the entire instruction. Likewise, not every unit of instruction requires the final component, summary and close. Embedded summaries in individual units of instruction may be appropriate to help learners make sense of the lesson and bridge their thoughts to the next unit. When working in an online instructional project that has multiple sets of clustered objectives, it is less confusing to outline the strategies for one unit of instruction before describing the strategies for the next unit. Nonetheless, if several designers are working on the project, then, of course, multiple units can be designed simultaneously. It is important to note that strategy development for each cluster of objectives is an iterative process and that these development tasks may begin once the design plan for that cluster is tentatively created. Instructional Strategies for Online Instruction. The designer identifies and explains each included component so that the design team understands clearly the development of the prototype and the delivery. The amount of detail contained in the WBI strategy worksheet depends on the design team, how the design process functions, and how much information is required for the development team. When design is a collaborative and integrated effort, communication between and among team members can be open with all members aware of others' activities, design decisions, etc. However, when the design team has individual members working on segregated parts of the project, careful documentation is required for the online instruction to remain true to its design concept. In other words, the WBI Strategy Worksheet should provide enough explanation, information, and description so that anyone on the design team could develop the instruction from it and any client or instructor would be able to conceptualize the instruction based on the worksheet. Again, the WBI Strategy Worksheet may be an outline of key concepts or information about the content and activities when used by a lone instructor as developer. Although the main components have a somewhat obvious specified order, orientation implies a beginning and summary and close implies an ending, the subcomponents within each may be presented in any order, combined, or in some instances, omitted. Additionally, the subcomponents may be incorporated in an iterative fashion, such as in instruction and measurement, for the objectives within a clustered set. In the following discussion, we describe the instructional strategy components and subcomponents as being for a set of clustered objectives, or unit of instruction. Orientation Orientation instructional strategies draw awareness to the lesson by directing learners' attention to the lesson at hand and setting expectations for learning. They provide relevance by evoking a sense of familiarity, confidence, or linkage to learners' own personal goals. There are two ways that the component orientation may be included or used. First, there is an orientation to the entire class, course, or experience, where course goals are presented along with an overview of the expected instructional experiences and requirements, syllabus, FAQ, and supporting materials are listed. Additionally, general directions for proceeding through the course are identified by the sequencing of the lessons, activities, and assignments. All of the information that a learner needs to feel comfortable in the learning environment should be included. The course orientation can include items such as one, provide an overview or advance organizer of the course. Two, state course objectives and performance outcomes. 3. Describe major assignments or assessments. 4. Explain how a course is relevant to the learner. 5. Assist the learner to recall prior knowledge, skills, or experiences. 6. Provide directions on how to navigate the course and where to look for help. The second way to use orientation is for each unit. This orientation sets the stage for the individual unit of instruction, outlines the instructional expectations, and helps the learner prepare to complete lesson activities and assignments as they learn the content. The orientation, as the unit overview, is relatively short in terms of the amount of time learners spend in it. Subcomponents for the unit are similar to those identified for the course orientation. When drafting orientation strategies, placement of the units must be considered based on the sequencing of the clustered objectives, for example, whether procedural or hierarchical. For example, in a procedural sequence, units that appear early in the instruction may require extensive directions. Later units that build on previous information do not have to repeat established directions and procedures. A random ordering of the units of instruction allows for units to be opened and used in any sequence. In such cases, the instructions and orientations may need to be explained on the main page of the instruction and minimally in each unit to not confuse the learner about how to proceed. The instructional strategies selected for the orientation must be meaningful and interesting to connect learners to the unit's content and purpose. This connection helps provide context and motivation for learners. The following instructional strategies are suitable for orientation components. An engaging and relevant video or audio clip or graphic describing the topic. An opening question or problem related to the instructional objectives and content that is then addressed or resolved during the unit. A relevant scenario or situation that is discussed throughout the unit. Telling a story that illustrates the purpose of the unit. A preview of the lesson in text or graphics. An advance organizer. Table 7.3 provides examples of the instructional strategies for each of the orientation subcomponents. Any duplication of strategies is intentional in that an instructional strategy may be relevant to one or more of the subcomponents. Gardenscapes. Elliot provides an overview for the entire course using the WBI Strategy Worksheet. Callie reviews the strategies and offers suggestions that reflect her teaching style. Elliot and Callie discuss her suggested changes. Their results are as follows. Note: Rather than showing all of the overview at this point, the remaining sections will appear as we discuss each of the remaining three instructional strategy components. Once the strategies for the entire instruction are reviewed and approved, Elliot and Callie begin work on the detailed descriptions for each of the gardenscapes units or lessons. They decide to incorporate most of the instructional strategies outlined in the course overview in the first lesson because it is the introduction. Elliot varies the instructional strategies for the remaining units based on the course content and purposes. The instructional strategies for the second lesson of Gardenscapes follow. Callie takes time to evaluate and comment on Lesson 1 as Elliot works on Lesson 2. As he works, Elliot thinks about strategies that might work in other Gardenscapes lessons. However, he does not start working on them until he has moved into the development tasks for Lesson 1 and 2. Because he is the lone designer on the project, it would be too confusing to work on all the lessons at once. He knows how good ideas evaporate into thin air if they are not written down somewhere. He begins a tickler file for these ideas in the collaborative workspace and asks Callie to do the same thing. They want to paint a visual picture for the learners using a variety of videos. They are working with the TDLC to make sure that they follow all the accessibility requirements as they work through identifying already created videos and develop others to meet instructional requirements. Instruction. The second strategy component, instruction, contains the subcomponents of presenting content or information and providing learning cues learner practice, and feedback. Instruction is the component where the major portion of teaching and learning takes place and is the most important component of any online instruction. Because learners typically spend most of their time in this component per unit of instruction, a significant and proportional amount of design time should be spent in planning and developing these strategies. Instruction is not presented in one large section. Rather, it is broken into appropriately sized chunks based on the clustering of objectives of the objectives. The five subcomponents of instruction appear within each unit. These subcomponents are repeated in an iterative fashion until all clustered objective sets and their associated objectives have been presented and practiced. 1. Present content. 2. Provide learning cues. 3. Present opportunities for practice. 4. Provide feedback on practice performance. 5. Provide review of and close the unit of instruction. These five subcomponents may be placed in any order, combined, or omitted. In Table 7.4, examples of instructional strategies for each subcomponent are presented. Again, any duplication of the strategies is intentional in that an instructional strategy may be relevant to one or more subcomponent. Gardenscapes Elliot and Callie's overview of the project contains an outline for the instruction strategies. It appears in their WBI Strategy Worksheet. After the overview is approved by Carlos and Dr. Chauncey, Elliot works with Callie to design the instructional strategies for the instruction for Lessons 1 and 2. Recall that two lessons were added to their final Gardenscapes LTM and TOAB and were Lesson 1, Introduction to the Entire Course, and Lesson 6, the course wrap-up. The strategies for Lesson 2 follow. Only the first theme out of the five themes listed appears here. Callie and Elliot will begin developing storyboards for Lessons 1 and 2 with the strategies that have been formulated. Once they have prototypes for the first two lessons, they call in the expert reviewers and former students, or end users, to review them. As part of his Tickler file, Elliot includes a reminder to ask former students or end users about their thoughts on the lesson titles. Callie and Elliot continue with the design and development of the remaining four lessons. Measurement Using the sample assessment items or tools in the TOAB, Chapter 6, the designer reviews the assessment items to make sure that they and the timing of the assessments are appropriate for the online instruction. As part of the documentation in the WBI Strategy Worksheet, the measurement component outlines the manner in which assessment will be integrated into the instruction by stating how and when learners will be assessed. Innovative approaches and tools for assessing learning performance may be required because traditional testing tools are not always feasible in online instruction. Refer to Chapter 6. Additionally, designers should be aware that adapting any exams might be necessary to allow accessibility for learners with special needs. The two subcomponents of measurement are as follows. 1. Assess learner performance or progress toward mastering the instructional goal and objectives. 2. Advise learners of their progress or of performance. In Table 7.5, a partial list of strategies for assessing students and advising them on their progress is presented. Refer to Chapter 6 for further details. A combination of diagnostic, formative, and summative assessments may be appropriate for the learning situation. Diagnostic and formative assessments may be structurally contained in other components of the WBI, such as the orientation component for diagnostic assessment or as an embedded test at the end of a unit of instruction in the instruction component for formative assessment. Summative assessments usually occur at the end of the WBI once all of the units of instruction have been completed or at major time intervals within the term, such as midterms or finals. Consequently, the component measurement is included in the overview of the entire WBI project. The choice of assessment type, diagnostic, formative, or summative, depends on the nature of the instructional goal, its defined outcome level, instructional context, and the state of objectives referred to the TOEB. For example, depending on the complexity and difficulty of the content and how the objectives have been stated and clustered, students may need to be assessed periodically throughout the WBI rather than at the end of the entire instructional content. In such cases, the designer will determine where to place the embedded assessment based on the clustered objective sets. For very complex and difficult content, such assessments may need to occur at the end of every unit of instruction. For others, traditional midterm and final examinations may suffice in terms of performance assessment. With relatively straightforward content, it may be satisfactory to provide an assessment that covers the content, goal, and all of the objectives at the end of the instruction. Finally, formal assessments may require that assessments, entry, and pretests be given for diagnostic or evaluation purposes as well. In Table 7.6, examples related to the timing of formal assessments are presented. Complex projects may require that the measurement component be incorporated into the detailed description of instructional strategies for every unit of instruction within the WBI Strategy Worksheet. For less complex courses, the description of this component strategies may be placed after half of the units have been described and again at the end of the instruction, again, depending on the course requirements. For straightforward or simple goals, objectives or content, the description may be included in the WBI Strategy Worksheet once the orientation and instruction components have been documented. Formal high-stakes assessments may require learners to assess a designated web-based host site or travel to an institution-defined remote site to complete an exam. Other ways to control the assessment process are to provide a proctor who visits learners at their local site or have learners locate their own proctor. Webcams or specialized software can also be used to proctor exams. Additionally, lockdown browsers can provide extra security and control any breaches in test security. Directions for formal assessments must be clearly stated, along with a time frame for when learners will be advised of their scores and or grades. An informal means of assessing student progress is through the use of practice exercises. These exercises, such as worksheets, peer review activities, responses, and threaded discussions, could be considered as formative assessments. As indicated in the discussion on instruction, feedback on such exercises is necessary, but they may not require a greater score. Gardenscapes As with most continuing education colleges, CJC does not typically use formal, summative assessments or grading as required in other university or colleges. However, for most continuing education courses, especially those taken for pleasure, CJC uses informal, formative assessment. Elliott and Callie include formal, summative assessments as a part of the evaluation plans to check on course effectiveness. Refer to Chapter 5. Elliott devises short, multiple-choice type of pretests and post-tests that cover the goal and main objectives. These assessments will be given to the participants at the beginning of Lesson 1 and at the end of Lesson 6. As a course wrap up, Elliot will send the learners a note about the course that will include test scores and feedback about their final project. Elliot includes the instructional strategies for measurement subcomponents in the overview of the entire project. Summary and Close The summary and close component is the last part of the conceptual framework and instructional strategies included in the WBI strategy worksheet. Summary and close strategies are designed to satisfy learners' expectancy for closure and to redirect their attention back to the main points of the instruction. They enable learners to review their work, help them to uncover any errors to allow for relearning, and facilitate retention and transfer of learning. Summary and close has three subcomponents 1. Provide opportunities for retention, 2. Provide remediation of unmet objectives, 3. Provide opportunities to enhance and enrich performance. Because the detailed design for each unit or lesson already contains a review and close subcomponent, the summary and close strategies are included in the overview of the entire project. Summarizing the main points at the end of the unit or lesson facilitates retention and transfer of the new learning to other situations. Again, closing may occur at the end of the instruction component to allow for a wrap-up of important points for any cluster of objectives or unit prior to any exam or quiz. This component provides an opportunity to review any objectives that were not mastered. With some LMSs, learners' access to the online instruction and website may be denied after the course is completed and grades are posted. If that is a possibility, then the designer needs to include provisions for alerting learners to check the website for their scores and to review course information prior to the stated end date for access to the course website. Again, the summary and closed subcomponents may be combined with each other and presented in any order. For some instructional situations, it may not be necessary to use all the assessment strategies. Potential instructional strategies for summary and close are presented in Table 7.7. Any duplication of the strategies is intentional in that an instructional strategy may be relevant to one or more of the subcomponents. Gardenscapes. Elliot and Callie design the instructional strategies for their summary and close component and include them in their WBI strategy worksheet. Motivational strategies. Theoretical approaches to motivation. There are many motivational theories that relate to student achievement and successful learning, discussed in the learning and instructional psychology literature. Each theorist has their own definition of motivation based on philosophical or psychological orientations. For instance, Pintrich and Chunk define motivation as the process whereby goal-directed behavior is instigated and sustained. Weiner suggests that it can be defined as the study of the determinants of thought and action it addresses, why behavior is initiated, persists, and stops, as well as what choices are made. From a cognitive psychology perspective, Ormrod describes motivation as an internal state that arouses us to action, pushes us in particular directions, and keeps us engaged in certain activities. Most theorists agree that there are two basic types of motivation. Intrinsic and Extrinsic Intrinsic motivation is the source within an individual or task that promotes that individual to become engaged in the effort. An intrinsically motivated person is likely to pursue a task or goal without being prodded and values his or her achievement. The achievement is then reinforced by a personal sense of satisfaction. Several factors influence intrinsic motivation, such as personality characteristics, past experiences, needs, desires, and preferences, anxiety levels, expectations, and attributions. Extrinsic motivation is the source outside the individual and task that promotes the individual to perform. Alderman suggests that an extrinsically motivated person pursues or engages in the task to receive rewards or incentives, grades, praise, special privileges, material goods, etc. Both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation promote successful learning. However, Ormrod argues that most motivation theorists suggest that intrinsically motivated individuals have advantages such as being engaged in the task longer, willing to apply more effort, and persisting in the task longer than extrinsically motivated individuals. Alderman counters this argument by stating that, quote, although intrinsic and extrinsic motivation have been viewed as polar opposites, current views acknowledge that these two sources represent a continuum from most to least extrinsic, not opposing forms. End quote. "She suggests that individuals may shift from extrinsic to intrinsic or be motivated by both sources simultaneously. Driscoll suggests that motivational theories can help designers consider the types of appropriate motivation conditions, extrinsic, intrinsic, or both, to incorporate into instruction." Considering such conditions is especially important with the reality of having distances between learners and instructors. Learners who do not see others regularly may feel isolated from their learning community and thus may not participate effectively or continue in the learning environment. Various strategies that motivate and encourage may improve learners' participation and retention. Among the various motivational strategies that abound in the literature, there are two that correspond well with instructional design and all types of instruction. They are Keller's Motivational Design Strategy, also known as the ARCS model, and Vladowski and Ginsberg's Motivational Framework for Culturally Responsive Teaching. Keller's ARCS model The ARCS model includes four types of strategies that enhance learner motivation – those that focus learner attention, establish relevance for the learner, instill learner confidence, and facilitate learner satisfaction. In each of these categories, Keller identifies several subcategories. Focusing attention strategies are to gain and sustain learner attention on the instructional goal and the instructional materials. For design, this strategy may occur in terms of providing something novel or unusual or interesting, such as humorous stories that relate to the topic, or visually stimulating photos or videos that stimulate a learner's interest in the content. Driscoll suggests that for lasting curiosity, Keller's attitude of inquiry needs to be invoked. This strategy can be accomplished by creating a sense of mystery or student involvement. Keller suggests that establishing relevance allows individuals to view the instruction as being useful in meeting their needs and allows them to attain personal goals. Techniques for facilitating relevance include involving learners in their own goal setting or allowing them to choose how their progress is assessed. Driscoll suggests that finding ways to engage students in learning can be effective means for motivating them, irrespective of whether they yet see the relevance of the learning activities. These strategies may include finding ways to challenge students either through competition or through competitive or cooperative group activities or through self-study activities. Instilling confidence allows students to build their confidence in their own abilities as they successfully complete challenging tasks. These tasks need to be within Vygotsky's Zone of Proximal Development for an individual. Ormrod suggests that a ZPD ranges somewhere between tasks that the individuals cannot do by themselves and can do with assistance from others. They accomplish such tasks by collaborating with others, usually with individuals who are more advanced and more competent than themselves. As students gain confidence and are able to do the work independently, assistance can be reduced. For example, learners may need more instructor or mentor assistance in getting started and working through assignments at the beginning of the instruction rather than toward the end. The last category facilitating satisfaction, allows learners to use acquired skills or knowledge meaningfully or through a state of natural consequences. Learners may achieve satisfaction by using newly acquired skills in project-oriented or problem-solving skills. Driscoll suggests that when instruction does not accommodate employing natural consequences, positive consequences such as praise or other rewards or incentives may be used instead. The design strategy would allow for encouraging and motivating feedback. Slotkowski and Ginsberg's Motivational Framework the second motivational theory, which is less known by instructional designers, is Vladowski and Ginsberg's Motivational Framework for Culturally Responsive Teaching. Its focus is on motivations for learning for all learners and disciplines and contains four major elements, which have some similarities to Keller's four categories. In Table 7.8, elements in Wladowski's and Ginsberg's Motivational Framework are highlighted. Their first element is establishing inclusion by creating a learning community and atmosphere that includes respect for learners and teachers and the interconnectedness they exhibit. Applying this first element circumvents one of the downsides of distance education, feelings of isolation. According to Vygotsky, from a theoretical sociocultural perspective, cognitive growth is influenced by society and culture and not performed in isolation. Ormrod maintains that knowledge construction, which some theorists view as constructivism and others view as information processing theory, may occur as an independent activity of the individual or when individuals work together, known as social construction. Furthermore, she posits that because people are social creatures by nature, part of their learning occurs by interacting with others, adults, or peers. Omrod suggests that both Piaget and Vygotsky believed that peer interactions were important and necessary in learning and cognitive development. Motivational strategies that apply the element of establishing inclusion to help individuals become a community of learners include providing opening icebreakers, having students develop shared, common goals, and using collaborative activities to facilitate and promote student interaction and respect. Requiring student biographies or personal web pages lets students connect names with faces. Connections are the key to this element of motivation strategy. Another strategy would be to allow students to establish their own discussion forums to help each other with technical issues or ask questions about the content amongst themselves. These discussion groups are sometimes called student lounges, lobbies, open discussions, cafes, etc. Such strategies would also allow for social presence to be established. Social presence is one of the three components of the Community of Inquiry framework by Garrison, Anderson, and Archer. Garrison et al. consider social presence as an important factor to help learners be engaged and persist in online instruction. Ginsberg and Volkowski's second element is developing learner attitudes that facilitate the learning experience by emphasizing relevance and volition. This element is similar to Keller's relevance category in its emphasis on promoting learning that is personally meaningful and allowing for individual choices. Motivational strategies would include providing learners with examples and practice exercises to see as relevant to their needs, abilities, and goals. Providing them opportunities to choose their learning experience is another strategy. Creating challenging and engaging learning environments for enhancing learner meaning is Vladkowski and Ginsburg's third element. This element seems comparable to Keller's categories of instilling confidence because both relate to challenging learners and building or enhancing their understanding in and of the content. Shared experiences through group interactions, discussions, group projects, etc., and independent activities, research, reflection, etc., can help learners make sense of the content based on their own and shared perspectives. Providing feedback that promotes understanding and encourages them would also facilitate their understanding. Their fourth element is engendering learner competence, developed through continued learner success in the content, skills, and abilities that are valued by the learner. This last element appears to bring Keller's categories of confidence and satisfaction together. Motivation strategies include providing opportunities for practice and for demonstrating skills throughout instructional activities. Another strategy is to provide relatively simple or easy practice at the beginning of a lesson and increase the level of difficulty as the learners demonstrate success so their confidence increases as the instruction progresses. Motivation can be enhanced by making sure learners know what is expected of them. These expectations lead to learner success. Additionally, she suggests that designers understand motivational theories and approaches to include in instruction to facilitate a successful and meaningful learning experience. Both Keller's and Volkowski's and Ginsburg's motivational theories provide the designer with strategies that facilitate learner engagement, participation, and retention. Gardenscapes Elliott and Cali identify the motivational strategies for gardenscapes using Wachowski and Ginsberg's framework and add them to their project overview right after the instructional strategies section. They include explanations of how their strategies will motivate the participants. Elliott and Cali are aware that they must incorporate all strategies stated in the overview into each lesson as well. Other factors to consider for online instructional design Good instruction, regardless of the delivery system, rests on the use of innovative and appropriate instructional and motivational strategies for the learning situation. The challenge in a web-based environment is to select appropriate strategies that facilitate learners' abilities to meet the stated instructional or learner-determined goals. However, designing good instructional and motivational strategies is not an isolated activity and requires that other factors surrounding the online instruction be considered simultaneously. Identifying the factors that influence the design and, conversely, the design's impact on the factors are parts of this process. The main factors to consider in design include class size, navigation and learner control, feedback, and interactivity. Determining media is another factor to be considered. We address it in the last section of this chapter, class size. A pragmatic matter in design is how many learners will be enrolled in the course per section per offering. Factors that influence determination of class size include organizational practices and policies, support and technology infrastructures available for instructors and learners, instructor workload, and the availability of support, both technical and academic. The complexity of the content, desired level of interactivity, and types of assessment also influence the potential class size decisions. Nagel and Katze discuss issues related to massification and economic constraints in higher education as related to class size. The type of online instruction, WBI, WEI, or WSI, level of interactivity, and difficulty of course assignments also impact the number of learners that could be enrolled. Any combination of factors affects and determines appropriate class size. For example, if a course has a strong support system with an associated low level of interactivity, but inexperienced learners and instructor, a lower learner-teacher ratio may be warranted than if the instructor were dealing with experienced learners. If a course were to cover basic introductory content, require simple assignments, objective type of assessments, and low-level interaction, then a larger enrollment may be appropriate. Highly interactive courses that cover complex content and complicated assignments justify small class sizes or require the support of multiple mentors, depending on the class size. There is disagreement on what is the right class size for online learning. Nagel and Katze conclude that the perception of an ideal-sized online class lives in an unrealistic world. Nigel and Katza report that researchers identify ideal class sizes range from 12 to 30 depending on the individual researcher. Class size can, in many cases, mirror sizes of traditional education and training courses. In the preceding examples, the first scenario presented is similar to seminar-type courses, the second scenario is similar to large lecture courses, and the third corresponds to project-based or problem-based course or labs. An experienced online instructor can, without extreme difficulty, effectively work in a moderately interactive course with a class size ranging from 10 to 25 learners. Payloff and Pratt suggest classes of 20 to 25 learners as optimum. Cohen and Rosin suggest that high levels of instructor interactions with individual learners cannot be maintained when class size is 40 or more learners without some type of teaching assistance. With the addition of a mentor, increasing the class size might be possible, as long as the complexity of course content and assignments remain at a lower level. The interactive level is low to moderate, and the learners have had previous online learning experiences. Part of the task of determining class size or establishing organizational policy is taking into account the challenges faced by the online instructor. Refer to Chapter 1. Navigation and Learner Control A second factor surrounding design and delivery is navigation and learner control, which govern how learners maneuver through the system. Navigation is, fundamentally, the path that end users take to navigate the course. Navigational paths should be easy for learners to understand and locate so that they do not have an additional task of determining how to get to various activities. Navigational elements, sitemaps, indexes, buttons or icons to different parts of the instruction, assignments, lessons, quizzes, should be easy to follow and prominently displayed to minimize cognitive overload. When navigation is confusing or challenging, learners divert their attention from learning to solving the encountered navigation problems. In an LMS, there are limited options to the overall navigation and designers must work within the overall system structure. However, even with an LMS, Designers must take care to sequence the learning experience in a way that can easily be followed by learners. Learner control refers to the amount of personal choice an individual wields in a learning environment. Learner control may permit selection and control of what is learned, how it is learned, and when it is learned. Learner control can be characterized by variables such as sequence, pace, content, amount of feedback, and media control. Feedback Although feedback has been mentioned in the discussion about instructional and motivational strategies, it bears additional emphasis by repeating it. Feedback greatly influences the learning environment, learner performance, and learner satisfaction. Feedback is the process by which learners receive informational and corrective responses to their questions, comments, and assignments. Figure 7.2 Identifying feedback needs is one way to prepare instructors for the demands of the learning community. Balance must be maintained between the feedback desired by learners and the ability of the instructor to respond in a timely fashion. Providing personal and responsive types of feedback to large numbers of learners adds to instructor workload. Active learning communities of a variety of types of feedback should be incorporated to reduce instructor workload. In addition, learner expectations need to use other types of feedback to reduce this load. Participants and their peers as well as mentors or instructors can provide feedback through email, chats, or threaded discussion. Feedback strategies are managed through clear communication and establishing schedules. Automatic feedback, such as automated email, can be employed. Web pages could include answers to frequently asked questions, FAQs, listservs for global responses, and links displaying a web page with correct answers or additional information about the activities. Feedback can be programmed through an LMS or other technical support may alleviate learner concerns and instructor work overloads. Interactivity Similarly, interactivity needs additional emphasis here although we have previously discussed it in the strategies sections. Interaction, as the transaction between and among participants in the learning communities and with the instruction, is defined in a variety of fashions, depending on the structure and focus of the interaction. Refer to Chapter 1. The levels of interaction in the type of learning community help determine which instructional and motivational strategies will be used. Schweier and missenchuk use a taxonomy that includes reactive, proactive, and mutual types of interactivity. Reactive interactivity occurs when learners respond to stimuli or answer questions. In proactive interaction, learners generate their own knowledge constructions beyond the expectations of the designer or the instructor. Figure 7.3. Mutual interaction revolves around the use of artificial intelligence, or virtual reality, where learners become part of that learning environment itself. The most applicable type of interaction in a learning community model is proactive interaction, as it focuses on active rather than passive learning. Discussions on interactivity offer three modes of interactions, learner-to-learner, learner-to-instructor, and learner-to-instruction. Rasmussen and Northrup provide a fourth type of interaction, that of student-to-management system. Interactivity strategies for these four modes can be incorporated into the WBI Strategy Worksheet. In Table 7.9, a sampling of strategies that may promote interaction in each of the four interaction modes are presented. Using a combination of strategies for these four modes enhances and strengthens the online experience for learners. Planning for levels of interaction promotes both independent work within the course and development of extensive, broad-based learning communities. The designer takes into consideration these four interaction factors and others while planning strategies for design and delivery. When an ideal design situation is in place, the design strategies are the driving force that affects the factors. Often these factors are considered in tandem as the strategies are identified by the situation. However, in other situations, some factors may already be predetermined, and then they drive the instructional and motivational strategies to be employed. As with all parts of the design documentation, there is a place to identify interaction factors within the WBI Strategy Worksheet. Table 7.10 Gardenscapes Elliot and Callie consider the factors of navigation, learner control, feedback, and interactivity in relation to the Gardenscapes course. The following outlines their plans to deal with these factors. Elliot and Callie submit their design document to Mr. Duartes for approval. They continue their design plans and move to their final consideration, media selection. Media selection. The promise of the web includes the expansion of available technologies to learning environments. Refer to chapters 1 and 2. The growth of access to computer networks and ever-improving bandwidth enables the incorporation of a variety of media. Sometimes the designer or design team designs the strategies and then chooses the media. Other times, the media selection has been determined prior to the instructional and motivational strategy planning. Because the online learning environment supports learners in achieving the instructional goals, it is critical that media selected add value to the overall instruction. Media must be relevant, meaningful, and interesting. Table 7.11 provides an outline of pedagogical and technical questions that designers should contemplate when selecting media. Gardenscapes. Previously, Elliot came up with several questions related to media selection. Callie and he used them to determine the types of media to incorporate into gardenscapes. Are the media relevant to the content? Do the media support the content? What kind of training will learners need to use the media? Who will create the media? They based their decisions on the information contained in their WBI strategy worksheet, the technology available in the website, and the TLDC staff member's expertise in media development. Identifying types of media for gardenscapes. Short video clips and photos will be used for garden examples. Audio and stills will be used in the welcome statements and introductions of each lesson. Content will be delivered with text and graphics. TLDC staff will create the media that will be housed on the TLDC web media server. Media created will be accessed through the LMS so learners will not need to download plugins. Learners will submit their own media as discussion posts and assignments when possible. Wrapping up. In this chapter, the remaining essential design tasks in the concurrent design stage were discussed. Features of the LMS, features of an LMS were briefly outlined. LMSs are valuable tools that streamline development and have inherent functionality that helps to create the online learning environment. We introduced the WBI Strategy Worksheet as a way to identify and document appropriate instructional and motivational strategies to be used. We discussed the conceptual framework for designing the instructional strategies, orientation, Instruction, measurement, and summary in close. We explored employing motivational strategies. Such strategies could be based on Keller's ARCS model, Vladkowski and Ginsberg's motivational framework, or other motivational theories. The additional factors of class size, navigation, and learner control, feedback, and interactivity were discussed as considerations that may affect the design and delivery, or vice versa. Similarly, media selection and identification of instructional and motivational strategies have a reciprocal relationship. Extending your skills. Case Study 1, PK-12 Schools Megan Bifford has begun detailing the instructional strategies she will need to present her case-based instruction. Based on the design decisions made so far, the overall instructional strategy that she plans on implementing is generally based on the strategy suggested by Olgan and Adelai. Megan explores the case-based research and finds that they are designed to provide learners with a great deal of learner control within broad parameters. Learners will access the internet and web to locate information to help resolve the case. Learners are provided with a task and general guidelines, but they may fashion their own path, working both in groups and individuals. In this experience, learners will be provided with worksheets that will help them solve the case. In this web-enhanced activity, the classroom teacher will provide time for discussion of students' solutions and feedback. Megan Ainsley and Buzz expand the WBI Strategy Worksheet to specifically detail all of the strategies that will be used. Once they have a solid idea of what they want to do, they will share their ideas with Cassie for her feedback. Megan meets with the district staff person in charge of the computer center, Victor Gracie. They discuss how to make sure that the technical ramifications of her media selection are considered, especially when learners access websites outside the district's network. Ainsley and Buzz believe that their students will be highly motivated in the case-based experience. The fifth graders like to use technology in class, and because they will be working in cooperative groups, they will encourage each other throughout the project. To promote motivation, Ainsley and Buzz are planning on applying Keller's ARCS model in both online and in-class experiences. Case Study 2. Business and Industry Homer Spotswood's intern, Stacy McGee, reviews the TOAB to begin to brainstorm appropriate instructional strategies for their course. Homer and Stacy meet to talk about the strategies. As part of the orientation strategies, Homer emphasizes to Stacy that it is very important that employees realize the importance of fire safety and are motivated to change poor performance behaviors. Because of the nature of the course, employees will have very little learner control. Navigation will be highly structured to make sure that employees go through the lesson in a similar fashion. The automatic feedback will be provided throughout the online portion of the class. Specific performance feedback will be obtained during the face-to-face experience. In the instruction area, employees must be able to quickly implement safety procedures. The web-based portion of the class must be closely aligned to and support the hands-on activities of the face-to-face sessions. Assessment is a twofold process. Employees must pass a cognitive test online and a practical performance assessment in person. Plant administrators, specifically Bud Cottrell, must be able to document that employees have successfully completed the program. Consequently, performance is going to be closely monitored and tracked. Case Study 3. Military the design strategy directed by the Commander, Naval Education and Training Command, employs reusable learning object RLO, technology. Each component of this design, text, graphic, animation, video, and audio, is stored in a central database to facilitate resource sharing and presentation continuity. The different elements will be grouped together to form the instructional materials. The individual RLO elements, or the reusable information objects, RIOs, will be coded using metadata which identifies their associated instructional or motivational strategy. When the RLOs are formed, they also conform to various identified strategies. This information is put into the database via a commercially procured LCMS. After each team proposes instructional and motivational strategies, Commander Rebecca Feinstein and Lieutenant Sandra Cole, Rex Danielson, and Bob Carroll meet to review team progress. While not all of the strategies have to be the same, they must be complementary. Once the strategies have been reviewed and approved by the parties, Commander Feinstein will provide an update brief to Captain Prentiss. Commander Feinstein gives the teams the direction to review policy for class size and to develop implications for different class sizes in light of the instructional strategies. In addition, they will propose strategies for navigation, learner control, and feedback while keeping in mind the objectives and the learning context. Lt. Carroll begins to work with the graphic artist in the media pool to identify media for the E-squared-C-squared course. He provides the graphic artist with the materials that have been developed so far and schedules a meeting for all the teams to get together to discuss expectations of media. Case Study 4, Higher Education Dr. Joe Sean thinks that whatever he selects as instructional strategies will be important to the future success of the course and, ultimately, the undergraduate management program. Brian, his teaching assistant, and he spend a great deal of time brainstorming types of instructional strategies for blended design, as well as motivational strategies for this targeted group. In general, they determine that they will need to clearly identify how the materials can be used in future business endeavors as part of a professional portfolio, linking academic content to future careers. In addition, they plan on the students having the opportunity through practice and assessments to demonstrate performance. They use the modified class assignment page to help them brainstorm and organize the strategies. Dr. Sean already has presentations created for the majority of the identified clusters. He plans to audio narrate them to provide content so that he does not have to create a significant amount of text. He has many different class activities that he is going to try to repurpose for the online portion of the blended course. Because the course is using a blended delivery, the class size will be the same as when it is taught in a face-to-face setting. With that in mind, he considers limiting the level of student-teacher interaction unless he can convince his chair that a teaching assistant would help him monitor and facilitate discussions.